Welcome to the High Adventure Scouting Podcast. This is the source for all things high adventure for scouts, scouters, and anyone else interested in promoting high adventure trips for our youth. You can find all kinds of great high adventure options for your scouts at highadventurescouting.com. We are constantly updating the list of cool trips, and we want your input on your best trip. Welcome, high adventure enthusiasts. We're excited, as always, to highlight high adventure on this edition of the High Adventure Scouting Podcast. Today, we'll be discussing high adventure training for leaders. Now, we're joined again by one of my favorite scouters, John Jonas. Now, John is the chair of the High Adventure Committee for the Greater St. Louis Area Council. Uh, he's also the High Adventure Chair for Troop 94 in O'Fallon, Illinois. And he's also Wilderness First Aid Instructor and and so on and so on and so forth. And he's, uh, he's involved in pretty much everything. So uh, he's a good friend of mine, and he's been a mentor on our High Adventure trips within our troop. Uh, John, thanks for joining us again on the High Adventure Scouting Podcast. Well, thank you again for having me on. Very kind and um, thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to have you here, uh, and I'm thrilled to get your your expertise on a lot of things. And I know those listening to this will uh, will appreciate it also. So, and you know, you you may be uh, asked to go and speak at every council function, high adventure everywhere. Now, you, you never know. Uh, you might be famous. So <laughs> <laughs> now the, uh, the purpose of the, our previous podcast we did with John was to talk about do it yourself boundary waters trip. Uh, this time around, we'll discuss a different topic, a high adventure training for leaders. Now, John and some of our other great volunteers in our council have developed a course called backcountry leadership skills course or BCLST. Uh, that's almost as hard to remember as the whole name. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this course that is taught in our council is awesome primer for any scout leader to provide better high adventure options. Uh, there may be similar courses in other councils, but I, I know about this one. And that's what we'll be talking about in this episode. So, John, give me your kind of your elevator talk the, about what BCLST is and how it would benefit the leaders of a unit. Sure thing, Rob. Um, Backcountry leadership skills training is designed to help leaders start high adventure in their units. Uh, And also, it's a very practical Philmont preparation class for advisors and crew leaders. Uh, A little background, way back in 1993, I went on my very first high adventure trip, which was a Boundary Waters uh, canoe trip. I was one of the a number of adult leaders that went on it in my troop. And the guy that set it up, we really didn't do any training. He had done all the admin stuff. We got up there, got to the outfitter. The outfitter showed us all the gear we were going to have, how it was packed, how it was loaded, showed us the canoes. And the next day, off we went. And uh, I was thinking, wow, this is, it seems like we should have done some kind of training. There should be something for this other than just, here's your stuff, have a good time. Uh, A few years later, it was several years later before I could get another high adventure trip going in my troop and went back to the Boundary Waters because I'd been there once and I was somewhat familiar with it. But all along, uh, I, I had become the voice of high adventure in Troop 94 because the other adults that had been doing it, uh, some had gotten older and just aged out of doing that. They couldn't do it anymore. 
their sons were out scouting and they were kind of around the troop and not real active. One of them um, developed a health problem that he unfortunately succumbed to. Another one, the Air Force had other plans for him. He left. And so I was that guy. And if it wasn't me, nobody was going to do high adventure. Well, we all know high adventure keeps your older scouts in, in scouting. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking, how do I do this? I've never gone backpacking. My canoeing is okay, not the greatest. There are other things to do, but I, I don't know what to do. So I read everything I could get my hands on, um, talked to everybody I could talk to, and just kind of bootstrapped it up in my troop by myself. And fortunately, things worked out pretty well. And we've done a high adventure trip pretty much every year since then. There have been a couple of years we missed, but since uh, 2002, Troop 94 has had a high adventure trip just about every year. I think we've missed maybe two years, maybe three. So a few years later, I started thinking there's got to be some training for this somewhere. And I looked all over scouting all over the country and I found a couple of councils that have some training programs, but there was nothing from national. Uh, I thought this seems like a pretty dumb risk management kind of a thing. Telling leaders, take your crews out in the backcountry, go do high adventure, and you can figure out how to do it safely. So I got together with a couple of friends of mine in scouting who I'd been doing some high adventure stuff. I said, we need to put something together. And they said, yeah, we'll help you put it together. So we assembled this class. This was, um, again, like in 2006, 2007, I think 2007 was our first class that we ran. And over the years, it's um, morphed a little bit. Uh, We've never taught the same class exactly the same way, two classes in a row, because we're continually getting feedback from the leaders. Um, But it's all about, again, a leader who has never done any kind of high adventure stuff and wants to get that stuff going in their troop. They want to get backpacking going or they want to get wilderness canoeing or something more than just the summer camp and car camping. What do I do? Where do I go? How do I do these things? Um, There are some training opportunities to kind of get some familiarity with that stuff. I've heard people talk about the Powderhorn program which I've looked at and it looks like a good program if you want to get some exposure to a number of different opportunities and types of high adventure. But it's not the same as here are what here is what you need to do to start high adventure in your troop. So that's that's where BCLST really comes in. As it has morphed, the class that we happened to run last weekend also was a Philmont prep class for uh, advisors and crew leaders they're going to Philmont next summer, that they need some hands-on experience. What do I do? I can read all of this stuff, but what is it really like to hang a bear bag? How, how do I use a backpacking stove? What should I use a, a liquid fuel or a canister stove? Uh, how, how do I do this? And you can read about it, but somewhere along the line, you actually got to do it. And it's a good idea to do that stuff before you get out there with your crew. So that's the pitch on BCLST. Exactly. And I, you know, from, from experience, I've led, um, uh, three different, uh, well, I've planned Philmont three different times and only got to go once, but, uh, I've planned two, three other high adventure trips and definitely it's, it's the Philmont 
trips or any backpacking type trips like that, that takes the most training, the most um, uh, use of, of uh, you know, stoves and certain tents and, and backpacking and getting ready. And it's, it's a, a year plus long process to get to that point. And so I'm, the, a class like this is extremely beneficial for uh, those going to, to film on and doing those kind of, and, and other uh, high adventure, obviously. But uh, uh, if you're going to sea base, you probably don't need quite as much of this because it's all done for you. But if you're going to uh, the canoe base, if you're going to uh, council based activities, uh, you're going to need some of this. Uh, definitely film on or another backpacking trip. This is this is the the course. So, what does the schedule look like for this class? Well, the way we've got it structured now, it's changed again a little bit over the years. The way we've got it structured right now, it's a weekend course. So Friday night um, we'll meet uh, after work. Uh, we've been teaching it at SBRF, and we've got another class coming up in April of 2022. We'll meet at SBRF on a Friday night after work. Um, we kind of model the Philmont way of doing things. So one of the first things we do is have the crew self-organize into a Philmont style crew or a Boundary Water style crew where the crew elects its own crew leader, uh, chaplain's aide, uh, wilderness guide. And um, then my add-on is a quartermaster to track who's carrying what kind of gear. Um, we will review gear, see who needs to um, do a, a good um, discussion on different kinds of personal gear, sleeping pads, sleeping bags, tents, whatever. Uh, beforehand, we do find out who needs packs or who needs tents, and we can provide those for participants up to a point. This last class, most people bring their own tents, so we haven't had to worry about doing that, too much of that. Uh, we go through personal gear, and um, uh, by the time we've answered questions and conversed through all of that, it's usually about time to call it a night. We'll get up early on Saturday morning. Um, we will have set up a Philmont-style campsite with those of you who maybe have been to Philmont before, have heard of the Bermuda Triangle. We set something like that up uh in the city of here's what it really looks like. Here's the food preparation area around the fire pit. Here's where the sump would be. Here's where the bear cables are. Dining fly inside of that and tents outside of that. So we set that up, walk everyone through it so they understand that. We do a uh, trail style breakfast, film out style. We get out the two stoves. We have a liquid fuel and a canister stove. Um, show people what they are, let them kind of light them up and get a feel for playing with that just so they can get a, a, a view of it. This last time, everybody, after trying each of them, it was unanimous. They wanted to go with the canister stoves. So that's what we did when we went out on the on the trail. It's a little less scary if you've never done a, a liquid fuel backpacking stove before. Well, that's, that's what uh, our guys uh, in our crew decided to go with uh, when we went to Philmont. We used the canister stove and it worked great. So it just depends on personal preference. They've used both uh, or several different types, but that's uh, that's always good to let the crew decide what they want to what they want to do. So yeah. yeah, so everybody can get a little familiar with it. I I'm I, I used to like the liquid stoves a lot, but um, there's a particular stove that uh, actually our Boundary Waters outfitter set me up with a few years back. Um, that it's a canister stove 
and I really like it. So when I got home, I bought two of them for my troop and uh, <laughs> I'm pretty much out of the liquid fuel business. I've got them. If somebody wants to play with them, you know, we, we've got them available, but canister for anything BSA is doing, I'm convinced canister is the way to go. So we, so anyway, so back kind of on the schedule. So we do some of that stuff, um, get our packs loaded up, do a little navigation training, a little rudimentary map reading compass stuff. Most everyone has got some familiarity with that at that point. And uh, then off we go and we'll hike up to uh, there's a spot at uh, SBRF where there's a campsite right next to NIMS Lake. We stop there, um, do a water treatment lesson where we cover different modes of uh, water purification or water filtration, water treatment. They also have campsites there with bear cables so we break some bear bags out and some stuff, hang some bear bags so they can get a feel for what that's like. Um, by that time, it's about lunchtime, eat lunch, saddle up again, and off we go. And um, uh, this past weekend when we did it, we decided to camp in a, um, an unimproved site. There are at SBRF some uh, Philmont style campsites with the bear cables and the fire rings for, for food preparation. Um, but the crew decided that they would like to camp streamside in a place called Fern Grotto. So that's where we set up camp, rigged our own bear cables and uh, bear bags and set up there for the night. We cover um, fitness. We talk about meal planning uh, for your practice meals. Philmont provides you your meals, but for if you're doing this yourself, you need to know how to plan a meal. And so we talked about nutrition needs. Um, I think I said fit, trail fitness already. We cover yeah. some um, other things that you would need to know out there. Um, some risk management type things. We talk about, um, again, we get into navigation, uh, what to look out for, safety hazards. We talk a little bit about weather. Uh, Basically, it's getting out on the trail and, and doing the hiking. We talk about the um, pace. Uh, that's always uh, an issue that you get some fast hikers and slow hikers, and how do you keep everyone moving together and not all bunched up. We touch very lightly, very lightly on first aid issues because that's a whole other training course that I can give you a little overview of, the wilderness first aid training that we do. Saturday night, we camp out. Sunday morning, we get up do breakfast, load up, and hike our way back to um, back to the cars. Uh, for the Philmont prep, we did break out Philmont charts and showed everybody what they do at Philmont for navigation using the UTM or Universal Transverse Mercator uh, coordinates. Talked about trail signs, um, North Country, South Country. Had a lot of questions, a lot of conversations about Philmont this past time. And Philmont's a pretty good model for backpacking. I that's really where I learned backpacking. So it's pretty much the way I do things and, and it works. That's awesome. We all know the major high adventure bases around the country and they offer some awesome programs. Have you been searching for a cool alternative from your typical high adventure trip? As a scout leader, I want to give our scouts some great alternatives. You need to check out highadventurescouting.com. You'll find information on over 30 different council high adventure bases in 24 states. Maybe you're looking for a do-it-yourself option and need some ideas. Maybe you've taken a great trip 
and you want to share your good fortune with your fellow scouts and scouters. Just send us the details and we'll publish your trip. Whatever your interest, HighAdventureScouting.com is the one-stop shop for all things High Adventure. That's HighAdventureScouting.com. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, the kind of gear you you uh, would suggest, and not everybody has a backpack, but many of them came with that and came with their tents. Um, I, I assume it's fairly minimal on, on uh, equipment, you know, like sleeping bag and you know, change of clothes and your, your toiletries and things of that nature. Is there anything else that you require from attendees before they get there? Uh, we need to have their um, health forms, parts uh, A and B, and see if they have it. It's kind of borderline high adventure. Um, there was someone that asked, do I absolutely have to have my C? And I looked at the background, and it's like, yeah, I don't think you really have to, but yeah, we'd like you to bring it if you got it. Um, so the health form, um, they will need to have boots. We had people ask about hiking in trail shoes or, uh, or trail runners. And we said, yeah, I really don't want you to do that. That's, there's a lot of bad, you got to protect your feet, protect your ankles. They don't have to be the best boots for this class. Um, we teach about the proper kind of clothing, avoiding cotton, going with the synthetics, but for the weekend, you can get by with cotton. I have had people take the class and they wore cotton socks, cotton underwear, and denim, <laughs> cotton denim jeans. And they got through the weekend okay. This isn't a beat ourselves up and go hike for miles and miles and miles. I think we cover maybe a total of five or six miles of hiking. It's hiking is putting one foot, you know, backpacking the walking part, putting one foot in front of the other. That's not hard. Mm -hmm. It's all the stuff that goes with it. It's how to load a pack, how to adjust a pack. Um, some people had trekking poles, some didn't. The ones that didn't, I, a couple of us offered uh, those folks to use our trekking poles for you know an hour just to see what they like. At the end of it, they said, yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to like them, <laughs> but I'm going to get a pair before I go to Philmont. So um, it's a chance to try things out. Uh, the crew gear, while we provide most of the crew, pretty much all the crew gear, if people have something that they've gotten that they want to try out, they're certainly welcome to bring it out and, and see how it does. But I don't expect people to go fully outfit themselves for this class if they've never done this before. You can spend a lot of money on packs and tents and ground cloths and sleeping bags and clothing and all this other stuff. And if you get out and give it a try, say, yeah, I don't think this is for me or man, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to do. I don't want people that invest a lot of money in something that they're not going to like. Let's get out and give it a try. And they say, yeah, this is really great. Okay, here's what's going to make it better for you. You're going to need a good rain jacket. You're going to need rain pants. You're going to need a, a good pack. Don't forget the weight of the pack counts. People don't think about that, but you can get a six-pound pack or you can get a four-pound pack. They'll both carry one just your feet don't know where that weight's coming from. All they know is there's two more or less pounds. So um, that's that's kind of the gear thing. We do send everybody a gear list uh, and say, if you can't meet this gear list, let us know. We may have stuff that you can borrow. Most everybody's got what they need, and so it's, it's not a big deal. Right, right. Now, uh, we, we you and I have talked at different times about the 
the training that Philmont used to offer called PASS. Um, frankly, I can't even remember what the, the acronym stands for. Uh, Philmont Advisor, Advisor Skill School. Skill, Skill, something Skill like School, that. that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I took that class several years ago. I know you've taken it. And we've talked about the things that they teach and the things that they don't teach. And how does, I, I know a lot of people are familiar with that. How does this differ uh, or, you know, from that type of training that they used to do? And they, I think they still do it at Philmont if you can afford to go down there. <laughs> if you can afford <laughs> the time and the cost. Yeah. If the you've time. got enough vacation to go out there and, and do all the practice and then come home and then train your crew and then go back out and do it for real. Uh, which most people yeah. don't. So, so the no, difference here, yeah, the past course, and they, they've covered a lot of stuff in the past course with the videos, the um, videos that they, I think once a month starting last September and probably starting this month or next month, they'll be doing the same thing, I believe. There's a lot of good information that's that's shot out to us, but that's exactly what it is. It's an information transfer and it's not a chance what you don't get to do with what Philmont provides. Um, you don't get a chance to actually hands-on. You don't get a chance to actually set up a camp and look at, okay, if this is where my sump is and this is where my food prep area is and this is where my bear cables are, where do I have to put my tents? Or where do I have to put my dining fly? Um, what do I do with my packs at night? You don't lean them up against the tree next to your tent at Philmont because they're bear bait. And you know all this is driven by bears. You don't get a chance to practice with the micropure, the K-9 micropure tablets that Philmont uses for water treatment. You don't, as we talked about before, you don't get a chance to actually use a backpacking stove and prepare a Philmont meal. They talk about it. In the past class I went to, they demonstrated it, but everybody didn't get, didn't get a chance to actually do it. So this class is, you're, it's, it's hands-on. And you we, we organize the crew like Philmont recommends. Um, and the crew operates that way. It's, you don't do all the, the long time, the team building stuff that you would normally do with your regular crew, because we just don't have the time for that, but it's modeling the behavior, modeling all of the things that you want to see in a crew at Philmont and actually doing it and not just reading about it. And I think that's the important thing. And, you know, a lot of these skills I, I already had and things that I'd already done in the past. So that wasn't uh, as, as uh, shocking to me, but having all the elements together and I, and I've taken half of this class. We talked about that and I did not go to the, the second half when we used to kind of split it up just because of all the other stuff going on. But uh, it is a very beneficial information. I learned stuff that I didn't know. So it's, it's a continual learning process of, uh, seeing how everybody else does it. And, you know, we, as a council, as the greater, we're, you know, we're in the greater St. Louis area council. Everybody's got their own training protocol in every council. Uh, most councils have some university of scouting event and, you know, this is not a part of that training, but we, uh, we add on to a lot of high adventure training classes uh, that we offer during that that event once a year and and throughout the year. So uh, I feel like that we're pushing high adventure as much as we can to the leaders. And I'm I'm hoping this is this is kind of my hope and why I wanted to talk about this and have you 
uh, say kind of tell about what our council is doing is this is great information for everybody. Uh, if they want to do this kind of class, you know, somewhere, you know, they're in their council uh, to get started and have more high adventure trained leaders. Uh, this is, this is something that I'm, I'm going to post any information that uh, any handouts, I've got a few of the handouts from last weekend's class, uh, but anything else that John sends me, you know, syllabus or uh, things of that nature, I'll, I'll post out, out out there on the website, send it out to everybody. And so if you want to do a class like this, that's awesome. This is all about information uh, sharing and inf- good ideas are, are good for everybody. So, yeah, let me, let, Rob, let me throw something else in here. We, we've kind of gotten off yeah. on the Philmont track, but in right. next year, yeah. Philmont's going to cost about $1,500 a person. That's just the Philmont fee. That doesn't include the transportation, the training, and all the rest of that stuff. Well, that is super expensive. I mean, that's a lot of money. So what are their other options? Well, you can do roll, do it yourself, roll your own backpacking trips. In 2018, I took a crew of 10 from my troop backpacking in Wisconsin on the Ice Age Trail. It ended up costing a little under $200 per person for the week. And the biggest chunk of that cost was the cost of fuel to transport the crew up there and back. You can do food cheap. You can do a lot of these things at a whole lot more affordable. I'm not bad-mouthing Philmont. Philmont is a great program and magic happens out there. But not everyone can afford it. <laughs> and Well, that's exactly right. Exactly right. I found that in my troop. Uh, we've had a few, few young men who, you know, uh, a lot of you know big families they, they can't can't uh, afford the cost and to add on your kind of the independent trip that you took with your troop uh, one one of the big uh, factors things that I push on this website is uh, our, our council-based high adventure activities and I've talked to an awful lot of high adventure bases around the country and they've you know there are places they have these kind of backpacking trips. Uh, that if you want to kind of go in between and, you know, you don't want to do your own, but, you know, uh, one of the BSA bases may be out of, out of reach for some of your scouts, th- there are other options that, and that's, that's the whole reason why uh, I started this website is to provide people, you know, scout leaders information that they probably wouldn't know about otherwise. And, and if at you take a much less cost. And, and with this BACLST course, the point is, with the with the course, with the knowledge, with the information, with the training, with the practical experience, you should be able to start doing this stuff on your own. And you, you, I I wouldn't take the class in the very next week, take ten people backpacking in southern Illinois or southern Missouri on a week long trip. But after this class, you should be able to a month later get a weekend backpacking trip for you know a dozen people in your troop and go out on a weekend backpacking trip and together practice. And, you know, now leaders have the training, they have the experience, we've given them knowledge. And of course, there's always reach back. You can call me, you can call any of our trainers anytime and say, okay, you talked about this, but tell me more. How do we do that again? Or what's the best way or what has worked for you? Um, So we want the opportunities for high adventure for all of the scouts that are remotely interested in it. And if you can do it, um, 
you know, $200. We drove up to Wisconsin on a Sunday, Monday morning. We stepped off on the, uh, we camped in a, a state forest campground Sunday night. Monday morning, we stepped off on the trail. Friday afternoon, we got to our pickup point and um, stayed that night in another state forest campground. And Saturday, we drove home. $200 for, that's cheaper than summer camp. Summer camp's $350. Exactly. So exactly. You, you can do these things. And whether it's bigger trip or a little trip, uh, the point is the scouts, when they hit that 13, 14, 15 years of age, they've done all the summer camp they want to do. And they've done all the weekend car camping they want to do. And it just, it doesn't do anything for them anymore for the most part. So where's that next challenge? Um, a lot of them, when they get into that point, they're not, they're maybe not getting so merit badge hungry and, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, the merit badges were nice, but they're looking for a challenge. They're looking for adventure. They're looking for something different. That's going to light them up. They're looking for the big boy speech that I always give my scouts. Okay. High adventure. This is big boy camping. Mommy and daddy aren't there <laughs> to call and say, I need another blanket or I forgot a pair, you know, I forgot this or I forgot that, or, you know, this is, you're taking responsibility. And, uh, a lot of these youth are, they want that they're ready for that. And we can trust them to do that. If we know what we're doing and if we can teach them the how and give them the skills, transfer that to them, they're ready to go. And that, that's kind of what I found, and I'm sure all the scout leaders listening have found the same thing. Uh, once it, It's kind of a, a difference between going from junior high to high school. Uh, you know, if they've been in scouting a while, they've been to summer camp three, maybe four years. And that's about, about all you can expect uh, because they've, they've done all the merit badges. Some camps have high adventure programs, which is a great combo. You can do both, but... Many do not. So that's that's why where the high adventure option comes in to keep those older uh, scouts involved in uh, your troop. And they may not be there all the time, but they're there. And those younger guys look up to them. Uh, well, gals now, too. I'm an old time scouter, so it's hard <laughs> to change my <clears throat> change my uh, my thinking. But uh, the uh, the older uh, the younger scouts look to the younger, the older scouts and think, I, I want to, I want to do that one day. And eventually they, before they know it, they, they will be. So um, I, Rob, I would say got, if there's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I know we're, we're probably starting to run out of time. There are a couple other training opportunities. I just want to make a very short plug for um, our high adventure committee also sponsors wilderness first aid, CPR and AED here in the council. There's information on the website. Um, Wilderness first aid is required for all the national high adventure bases, two in uh, each crew at Philmont and one in each crew at each of the other bases. Um, we recommend this strongly, not just for the national bases, but anyone who's going to be taking scouts or ventures into remote areas where 911 EMS service is going to be more than an hour away. And then uh, the Aquatics Committee, and we've been, High Adventure has been coordinating with Aquatics Committee on this. They've started offering a um, aquatic supervision, paddlecraft safety canoe, and swimming and water rescue course. Um, these are the skills that are required by the Safe Swim Defense and Safety Afloat uh, training. The, those policy things, the eight points of Safe Swim Defense and nine of Safety Afloat, they both talk about skills proficiency and abilities. So this aquatic supervision training, 
uh, is to get that kind of uh, that kind of training and that those skills up to where you need to be. So, just a, a quick plug. Uh, other things that we're doing, um, other training that we're offering to enable crews to go out and have safe, fun, um, great, exciting in a good way, uh, high adventure treks. Exactly, and I, I would add on to that if if any council has something similar to this or any other training that uh, sounds similar, but let's, let's share information. Let's make it even better. And, you know, John and, and his, his crew have made the, uh, the high adventure training in our council better. And this, this goes back to a couple councils ago before we merged uh, with our current council. So uh, this is a many year process and, and it keeps getting better. So um John, I want to thank you for joining us today and talking about the high adventure training that we have going on in our council. And, and I'm hoping that uh, spurs somebody else on to uh, start that in their council. Well, thank you, Rob. Thank you again for having me on. It's delightful to be here and, you know, talk high adventure stuff with you. And I hope, uh, yeah, I hope other people pick up on this and come join our class. Yeah, well, I, uh, that's the only the only problem when John and I get together, we tend to talk uh, a long <laughs> period of time. So so we, we don't call call each other very often because we'll be on the phone for a long time. So um, now I want to thank John Jonas for joining joining us today. Uh, great information uh, on this course. You'll be able to download all the information on the BCLST course and a few other items at highadventurescouting.com. That's highadventurescouting.com. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to tell your friends about this podcast. You can find us online at highadventurescouting.com, on Facebook, or Instagram. If you have any questions or ideas for future podcasts, just email us at info at highadventurescouting.com. This podcast and website are independent and not affiliated with any youth organization. Happy High Adventure! This has been a production of High Adventure Resources.